that he is here with us. Ultimately, he sent Jesus to earth. And Jesus lived among us, died in sacrificial love for us, and then rose again in victory over death, all to communicate that God is not far, God is not distant, God is not detached, God is with us. And when Jesus wanted the world to remember all that he did to be with us, both then and now, he gave us a beautiful symbol, a symbol that we have been looking at and sharing together every week of this series, and we wanted to make it a regular part of our experience during this I Am Here series. It's the symbol of communion. If you can get out the cups that were given to you on your way in. The symbol of communion where the bread represents the body of Jesus and the, the juice, the wine, represents his blood. And self-sacrificing love he gave for us. To remember, as we see in the words of Paul, who wrote, I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. He broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing, and I would add remembering, the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's pray. <coughs> Our Father, we thank you for sending Jesus to let us know that you are with us in Jesus, our Savior. We thank you for all that you did in your life and your death and especially your resurrection. Make it possible for us to experience a connection with you, a connection with our Heavenly Father through you. Father, may we remember, may we never forget, in Jesus' name, amen. I am so honored to be with you at our Oak Ridge location this weekend, and uh, I want to say hi to everybody joining us online and everybody watching back at our Kernersville location as we continue this I Am Here series, a series on the presence of God. And over the last couple of weeks, 
we have discovered something together that is the, the hallmark, the foundation of everything that we're talking about this entire series, and it's this encouraging truth right here, that God is ever-present everywhere, every moment. Ever-present everywhere, every single moment. And today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how we experience this truth personally. Because here's what I know about you and me and all of us. In fact, I don't want to say all of us just yet, but everyone who would say that they believe God exists would go a step further and say they also want to experience the presence of this God that they believe exists. That we long to experience his presence and know he's present and see his presence in our lives and feel it. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's natural, especially, especially when you're in difficult times, you're facing challenging times, you are in a time of need, you want to know God's presence. You want to see the evidence of God's presence, and you certainly want to feel it. That's why, that's why, you and I, me, and I think we've all done this at some point, if you're honest, that's why in times of need we cry out things like this. We, we say, God, if you're there, or, or God, if you're real, yeah, I think we've all done it. I, I've done it. I've done it recently. Even if you believe God exists, and I want to say probably because you believe that God exists, you find yourself crying this out. Maybe you're crying this out right now in an area of your life. You're, God, I want to know. I want to see. I want to feel. God, if you're there. God, if you're real, even non-believers, even people who maybe are a little unsure whether or not they believe that God exists and what they wouldn't necessarily call themselves a Christian, I, th I think that's why they echo this in frustration. And, I, and I've heard them. Because even to a non-believer, it just makes sense that if God is present, we ought to be able to know it and see it and feel it experience it personally. Because we all, as human beings, desire a connection with the Creator, even if we're not quite sure what that might look like. I want to take you to a moment in David's life in the ancient history of Israel, back into the Old Testament Scriptures, when David was in the Judean desert, hiding from people who were trying to kill him. Now listen, we all got problems. I got problems, you got problems, we got issues. I got stuff going on, you got stuff going on. But I don't think any of us have, have ever found ourselves hiding in a desert from people who are trying to kill us be, because of who we are and what we stand for in regards to worship of God. Right? I mean, so that, I mean, I, I know you got issues. I mean, oh, I need to find a good parking spot. I'm running late. <laughs> I know that's a crisis. I understand. And not to make light, I, I know you got issues and you probably got big stuff going on, but this big. So he's hiding in the desert. His enemies are trying to kill him. And everything inside of him is just crying out to know God 
is with him to see and, and, and experience and feel, right? Because this is what David writes, and I can identify with this. He says, you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Now, you've got to remember, when you're reading the Psalms, you're reading um, poetry. Not poetry like red, rose of red, violets of blue kind of thing. More, more of sonnets, more of the kind of poetry and art that was turned into music. Times of worship in ancient Israel. And so there's many layers to this. There's... He's saying something, and so there's the obvious meaning, and then there's like, what's he really getting at? Maybe there's this, and there's this. So when I read this, in a dry and parched land where there is no water, I mean, obviously, he's in, a, he's in the wilderness when he's writing this, in a dry and parched land where there is no water, but he's saying more than this. What he's saying is, I thirst for you like this land thirst for water. My soul, my life is dry and parched, and God, I need to experience your presence. Can you relate to that? A part of your life, an area of your life that you just feel so dry and so parched and you're just longing, your whole being, you don't even know how to put it into words. You don't know how to explain it. But everything inside of you just longs for God to be present. You're desperate to know, see, and feel the presence of God in your life. The good news is, is that when we get to that part in our life where we identify with David and say, yes, 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 I know what that's like, dry and parched. My soul, my heart, my life is dry and parched. Then when we get to that part and we call out to God, God responds to us. God is not detached. God is not hesitant. God is a God who responds to our longings for him. I want to show you something that Jesus' brother, Jesus' little brother James, wrote to the Christians in the first century. And this, to me, is, just, is so telling. When James writes, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Now, throughout history, Christians, and even pastors, have butchered the context and the application of this verse and made it as if God is hesitant and he's playing keep away. And how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? You got to come my way because I'm not coming your way. No, no, he sent Jesus, right? He sent Jesus to communicate, I'm coming your way. I'm coming all y'all's way and I'm going all the way to connect with you. So this is not about a hesitant God. This is not about a God saying, do you really want it? Do you really want it? If you want it bad enough, maybe. You mean, okay, okay. No, this is a God who is responsive. And all that he's saying here is, listen, God is not absent. God is not distant. When you pull to him, he is responsive and he will pull you to himself. God wants you to know his presence and see the evidence of his presence and experience it so that even you can feel it. James said, you come close to God. He's accessible. You will feel his closeness. All right, now, I'm going somewhere. With that said, let's go back to our big idea in this series. God is ever-present, everywhere, every moment, okay? And he's responsive. He's responsive. When you're dry and parched and longing in your life, and you're like, I want to know, see, and feel, so God is responsive to us, okay? 
Logically, then, if God is ever-present, everywhere, every moment, and there's never a time, place, a moment, a circumstance, a situation where God is not ever-present, everywhere, every moment, then logically, there are endless ways to experience God's presence. Endless ways, because He's everywhere, every moment, ever-present. So there's endless ways in our lives for God to show us that he is present, to teach us, remind us that we get a glimpse of his presence and we can engage his presence personally. There's just not one way to experience the presence of God because he's ever-present everywhere, every moment. There's not just one way for us to draw close to God because God is ever-present everywhere, every moment. No, there are endless ways. God is too big and God is too great for us to try to put him into a box and say, this is the only way you can experience the presence of God. This is the only way that you can know God is at work in your life. No, no, no. It, it, is, it is much bigger than that. And people experience God's presence and come to know the reality of God's presence differently because God created us different and unique. We even have different personalities. And so maybe the way you experience the, God, the, the work of God in your life and experience God's presence may be a little different than someone else. Maybe even someone else is close to you, different than your spouse, different than your kids, different than your family, different than your friends, and that's okay. In fact, it's better than okay. It is by God's design. It is actually a beautiful thing. So for the rest of our time together, I want us to spend a little time reflecting on how God created us uniquely to know feel and see the reality of his presence in our life, especially during those times when we feel so dry and parched. You need to know that God is responsive to that longing. And you need to know that God has uniquely created you ways to experience his presence. You ever thought about it? Because you owe it to yourself to think about it. Because the more you think about it and the more you really kind of unpack this, the, the more you'll experience it. And know, and see, and feel His presence. I mean, how, how do you feel closest to God? What are the moments when you feel God's presence the most? And I know this may be an interesting question. Maybe you've never thought about it before. Maybe some of you were going, see, that's just it. I don't, and I can't, and I haven't. Okay, we'll get there, we'll get there. But think about it. What inspires you? What puts you in a sense of awe and makes you consider who God is and what God is doing? What brings you to a sense of holiness and wonder and amazement? What is filling to your spirit? Have you ever thought about it? Have you ever thought about what, what you do or where you are or what is happening in your life when you are overwhelmed with a sense of gratitude and you just feel so grateful to be in this moment and to be where you are in your life. And yeah, you got problems and you got issues, but there's just something you don't know how to explain it, but you just feel so close to God in these moments, whatever those moments are. You ever thought about it? What those are? I, I would say even for someone that is not a follower of God, not a follower of Jesus, you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. One of the times in your life that makes you question in a positive way. Maybe, maybe there is a God. I don't know. That was pretty awesome. Maybe 
I don't know. Maybe it's not just me. Maybe it's not just us here. Maybe there's something to this Jesus thing after all. What is it? Many years ago, I read a book that was transformative in, in my walk with God. And the book has since, even though it's a couple decades old, has since been uh, updated. And I want to put it on the screen because I want to strongly encourage you to spend a little time looking at it. Even if you're not a reader, so I don't read. Okay, now would be a good time to start. <laughs> Sacred Pathways by Gary Thomas. Um, again, it's been updated. Yeah, he writes about nine ways to connect with God. Now, he, this is just him. This is not Bible. This is not, you know, like a revelation. Like, oh, there's nine ways. There's, you're not going to find in the Bible, here are the nine ways. No, this is his reflections in, in trying to kind of summarize how he has noticed that we all experience the presence of God differently. And he's come up with nine. And, th- and there's no doubt more than nine. I've already said there's endless ways because God is just that big. But he starts with this because a book can only be so long. A book can only be so big. And so it, I, th- I think it's fantastic how we experience God's presence differently. We should learn. We should figure out how that works in our own life. In fact, at the end of our time today, at the very end of the service, like when I send you out of here and say, go home, you know, go to lunch or whatever, on the screens, we're going to put up a slide with a QR code. And this QR code, when you scan this QR code, it will take you to a survey that has been put together online that will help you better identify which of these nine pathways best connects with you. Again, it's not Bible. It's not like it's a man-made survey. So it's not perfect. But it's to help you kind of figure out, yeah, 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 yeah. I've never thought about that. I've never thought about this. I've never thought about why I like this and why I don't like that and, and why I feel drawn close to God when I'm doing this or when I'm with them or when I'm having this experience, okay? So what I want to do is kind of give you a highlight of some of this in the next few moments together. And I'm going to kind of throw in my, my own categories. These are not the, the categories per se he gives in the book. And I'm not going to give you all nine. And it's not actually the same. Um, some of it's just my reflections from reading this book many years ago. But let me give you the gist of it. For instance, okay, they're called sacred pathways. And some of us in this room feel closest to God during times of solitude when we are all alone. And if you want to feel close to God, and if you want to feel God's presence and know and remind yourself that God's presence, you're the kind of person that has to get alone. Away from everybody, no TV, no music, you silence, you just have to be away somewhere, solitude, maybe you're more of an introvert anyway, and you want times of quiet reflection. Now, I know every mom of a toddler wants this. I'm not just talking about that, okay? Right, right. If you got little toddlers in your house, you know, moms and dads, you just used to want quiet. Just peace. That's about the time in your life when, when you're in the car by yourself, you start writing in silence. Especially if you have girls, because you never get it. I remember that moment. That moment is just like, and still to this day, I ride in my truck, usually in silence, because I'm still trying to recover from all the talking. <laughs> and it's been a long time. Right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, you know, that. You, you never thought about that. And maybe you look at other people and go, but, they, but they're outgoing and they do this. And what's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you. God created you this way. Maybe God uniquely created some of you to experience his present best in solitude. 
Lean into that if that's you. I mean, if you just feel seen and heard and you just want to start applauding, I mean, you probably won't because you're an introvert and you don't like the attention, but, <laughs> right? Yeah, this is how God created you to experience his presence. Now, there are others of you, <laughs> the opposite. You're a people people. When you're by yourself, you go nuts. You go crazy. You don't feel close to God. You're just like, it's just you and the devil. When you're by yourself, you're just like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I got to be around some people. I got to be around people I want to. And you're people people. That's why you love you know, crowds. You're like going places. Where's everybody going? What is everybody doing on the weekends? You know, you want to go. You want to do. And you, wanna, you go to concerts. And you just love. You just love the crowd, right? You get energized. You feel a connection with God when you're around other people. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, you are encouraged and you get energy from others. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you. God created you that way. Lean into that. Lean into that. And those are the times that are going to help you best experience God's presence. Let's keep going. You're, you're going to find yourself somewhere in all of this. Some of, one of these are going to really ring true. Some of you, now we all need rest, and God designed our bodies to rest every day. It's called sleep. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those of you that literally do feel closest to God when you are resting. And you really do. For you, a nap is not just, I'm tired. A nap is a spiritual, holy thing. And you want a book and a candle or, or just a long nap, right? For some of you, you come to church on Sunday morning, but you really don't feel really close to God until the Sunday afternoon nap. And then you're like, thank you, Jesus. Right? For some of you, it is rest. You need to discover this. Others of you, the opposite. Activity, activity, activity. You are closest to God when you are on an adventure. There's just something about an adventure. You just come alive. Yeah, you want to climb something. You want to jump off of something. You, you want to like, you go exercise, right? Aren't those people weird? People who, like, they go exercising, and they're like, oh, it's just life-giving, and I love it, and I just feel, you know, I look at those people, and I'm like, what was chasing you? You were running so fast. Nothing was chasing me. I just was, oh, this is so good. I look at those people and go, wow, they're weird. But you're not weird. You're not weird. God created you that way. Lean into that, right? Bring adventure into your life. Some of you are activists. You want to build something. And you feel closest to God when you've got a hammer in your hands or a saw in your hands. Some of you guys, or even some of you guys, when you're building something, you're creating something, you're designing something, maybe at home or for something else, and maybe you've never thought about, why do I like this so much? Why does this fill me up so much? Why do I feel so much more me when I'm doing this? And why do I feel so much closer to God when I'm doing this? Because that's how God created you. It's a pathway for you to know, feel, and see. That's why when we find our lives in a dry and parched situation and we're longing for the presence of God, that's why you find yourself saying things like, I just need to go for a run. I just need to get out in the garage and build something. I just, I just need some time to create. I just need some, right, or whatever it is. I just need to rest, or I just need some alone time, or I just need to be around my people. Fill in the blank. Okay? Serving is another one. Now, this is interesting. We'll come back to this next week, okay? 
this one specifically because it's big. We're all commanded to serve. We're all commanded to serve, so nobody gets a pass on this. If you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus said, I came not to be served but to serve others. And if you follow Jesus, that's your mission as well. Um, and so that nobody gets a pass. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the service we serve out of obedience to God. I'm talking about that some of you, some of you were uniquely created by God to serve at a, a mock one, two, three, four, five, you know, speed of sound kind of serve. You, you just serve, and you come alive when you serve. Yeah, because that's the way God created you. You, you. you just care for people. You meet people's needs. For you, you love doing your best to try to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the lives of other people. You're the kind of people that say all the time, when people thank you for serving them, oh, don't thank me, don't thank me. I got more out of it than you do. I, got, I, I get more out of this than, than you do. You don't get it. It's, more, it's a bigger blessing to me than I've been to you. What's going on there? It's how God created you. You feel so close to God. You experience God's presence through serving others. All right, let me just give you a few more. The arts. The arts. Yeah, the arts are given to us by God. Includes music, right? We're... So many of us experience the presence of God through, the, I believe, one of the most powerful forms of art, and that is music. But not just music. There's poetry, paintings, sculptures. Yeah, those of you, the creatives, and, and, and you really enjoy the artistic world, I, I, think, I think the church should embrace art again. Because there was a day, there was a day, way back when the church was really getting going, that art is how people expressed. And how that's why the cathedrals of old were the most beautiful places in, in the community. And, and the stained glass and all of that. And I know we have technology and we have all these kinds of things which are all great. I think it's all fantastic. But we should come back to art. Mm, throw it out. Yeah. Because some of you. Yeah. Let me give you, let me give you two more. This one. Uh, it's not in the book, I don't think, but I dare anybody to argue with me that food. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't tell me. You can you, you read the scriptures, and it's no mistake that so many of the, the big moments with Jesus and his followers happened around mealtimes. There's something special, and, and there's something about a good meal that doesn't just make you grateful. You just, I mean, isn't it, aren't the taste buds fascinating? Taste buds that you could, right. That, that's why during COVID, remember that thing? Back in COVID, when people lost their sense of smell and especially the sense of taste, you know, people were freaking out, right? I mean, how do I go on? Yeah. But there's one last one I want to spend the rest of our time kind of unpacking because I think this may be the biggest one. Because um, geographically and space-wise, it is the biggest one. And there's so much of the scriptures that talk about this next pathway. It is absolutely the most common. And if you know anything about me personally, you know this is my pathway. This is how I connect to God. This is how I feel closest to God. And, and I bet a lot of you are going to be with me when we talk about nature. Yeah. I'm a tree hugger, and I love it. Yeah, there's just something about being outside for me. There's just something about it that just helps me feel close to God and experience His presence. 
and I'm reminded. I'm reminded when I'm in the world, the, earth, the universe, on the earth that God created. I, I, I'm telling you, this is why so many of our songs and so much of our art were about, were about the world or about the universe and the beauty of creation. Yeah, this is why when you guys get ready to go on vacation, living in this part of the country, you go one of two places. What? You go to the beach or the mountains, right? Pretty much. Pretty much. And wh why do we do that? Why, why do we find ourselves going there or going there? Hmm. I think because deep down we want to be around something, and everybody's different, You're, and we even, we even categorize ourselves. I'm a beach person. I'm a mountain person. Great, great. We do that. We do that. Whether we realize it or not, because there's something about it that draws us in, something about nature that, that when we're in these environments, something happens in our hearts and our souls, and we're drawn to it. Even if you're not a nature person, even if you say, I'm allergic to everything God created, <laughs> there's still something about it. It makes me think of what David wrote in the Psalms. Look at this. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Isn't that great? Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. What's this next part? They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. Now, I read this passage not long ago in the message translation, and I want to read it to you out of that translation. It's a very artistic translation. It's a very uh, taking the, the Hebrew text and the Greek text and putting it really in the most common everyday language that we can you know, come up with. And, and this is the same passage. Let's look at it again. God's glory is on tour in the skies. Isn't that cool? God craft on exhibit across the horizon. Madam Day holds classes every morning and Professor Knight lectures each evening. Isn't that great? Their words aren't heard, their voices aren't recorded, but their silence fills the earth. In fact, un I love this. Unspoken truth is spoken everywhere. That's why. That's why. Whether you've been able to pinpoint it or not, that's why. We're drawn to what God created. That's why. When there's a sunrise and a sunset, you see and that's beautiful and pink and orange and all of those color variations. You and all your friends, you take your phones out and everybody starts posting. I mean, here we go. I can see a great sunset and know in the next 30 minutes, Instagram is going to get lit up in this area. <laughs> Nobody tells you to do that. Nobody taught you to do that. Nobody said you needed to do that. Why do we feel drawn to do that? Because there's something about it that goes, oh, yeah, look at that. Look at that. And whether you put it in there or not, what we're saying is God is amazing. It's just more evidence. Yeah. That's why people take so many pictures of nature and the moon and the clouds and trees and the animals. Yeah, that's why, that's why so, so many cute puppy pictures. There's not a lot of cat pictures floating around out there. <laughs> that really brings us to the presence of God. There is another presence in the world that, that cats may lead us to. But let me, make this, let me make this about me for a moment. Thank you. 
It's why I love the mountains. I'm a mountain guy. Yeah. Something about the green. I love being enveloped in green the leaves. I love the trees. I, I, I love the rivers. I love the streams. I, I love the water. I love the elevation. I love going up so I can see out. I love the fact that it's 10 to 20 degrees cooler. That's just me. I do my best praying when I'm in the mountains. I feel closest to God when I'm in the mountains. You guys should just want me to stay in the mountains. It, it, and here's the deal. It's why I fish. It's why I fish. More specifically, it, it's why I love fly fishing. A few weeks ago, this picture was taken of me not too far from here. And you say, oh, look, look, he's, he's fishing. Yeah, that's what it looks like. But let me tell you what's really going on in here. You can't see Jesus, but he's there. And we're fishing. Now, I couldn't get him to tell me exactly where the fish were. And I know he knows. <laughs> Right? It's just so frustrating. I'm like, will you? Come on, please. Right? But next, next picture, it, I figured it out. We figured it out. Isn't that a beautiful brook trout? I mean, I almost held him out of the water too long. I'm like, look at that. That's amazing. And he's like, put me back in. You know, it's so, all, you know, love it. Love it. When, when I'm doing this, I feel so close to God. When I'm doing this, I pray for so many of you. When, when I'm doing this, I come alive. Do you, know, do you know that's why my wife Donna and I bought the house that we live in right now? Yeah. And we live in a normal house. It's a normal neighborhood. You, you would drive through our neighborhood and never think anything special. You would drive past our house and probably never even notice it, and we like it that way. But um, we, we chose the house we live in because it's surrounded with trees. And green and critters all kinds of critters we love them there's something about watching the deer in my backyard i just just i can't, I can't explain it and 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 the squirrels and, and the possums and, and the occasional skunk i'm just like let's see you let's not smell you keep walking it's great it's great i got a question for you how has god uniquely created you to experience his presence you you owe it to yourself to discover it, to connect with him personally. How has God uniquely created you to experience the truth that I am here, ever-present, everywhere, every moment? There's so many ways that you can discover more and more about his presence. But whatever it is, you need to discover it, and you need to make it a part of your life. You need to prioritize it. You need to schedule it. Buy a house around it. Do something to make it a regular part of your life because when you discover that and lean into that, it will be so life-giving and soul-filling and spirit-lifting because the day is going to come when you're going to echo the words of David if you're not already there. I'm so dry and parched. Oh, God, I long for you. I want to know it, see it, and feel it. Well, maybe you need to go for a run. Or maybe you need to get alone. Or maybe you need to go to the beach or the mountains or go fishing. Or maybe you need to get around your people. Or maybe you need to create something. Or maybe you need to listen to those 
songs or, yeah, you just need to discover it. So that you will know the reality of our ever-present, everywhere, every moment, God. And your heart and your life will increase in worship. And you will feel closer to God and know that he is real like never before. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you. Thank you for creating us uniquely in ways that we can experience and know and see and feel that you are close, that you are ever-present, everywhere, every moment. And, and I know that I'm not alone when I say we, we know the dry and parched realities of life. We know. But God, you're responsive. And you said, you come to me, I'll come to you. I'm responsive. I will respond to your longings for me. So God, help us to not just read about it and not just believe it. Lord, help us to experience it and discover how you've created us to best experience. That you are ever-present everywhere and every moment in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.